You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Beautiful uh, idea that's expressed by Shlomo Gansfried in the Sefer Kitzur Shulchan Aruch. I've been talking about a lot of different authors and um, over the last couple of nights and their works. We talked about the Haredim, the Hayodim, Rabbi Yitzhak Yosef's uh, cla- you know, modern classic. Obviously, the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch is irreplaceable. Um, and Rav Shomagansri definitely captured something very special. Uh, it might not have been a Sefer that you could paskin every Shaila from, but it was a Sefer that was really Shavalachal Nefesh and was graced with uh, an understanding of how not to overdo something and where sometimes there were areas that needed to be buttered a little bit more. Let's take a look and see what he adds, a little idea about Kibbutz Abayim. He says, someone who wants to machabit his parents, Yasuk betorah maizim tovim. He said, be a good boy. Obviously, be a good person. Because that's the greatest couple you can have for your parents. Now, we were wondering the other night, could this apply after your parents have passed away? And here definitely accrues positively to your parents. Because people say, Ashrei la'av aim shegidlu ben kazeh. I remember I speak about parents. I remember my father was once commenting there was a certain rogue in town that a suspicion had arisen on him that he was involved in a very ugly situation. My father refused to believe it, even though people were so sure there had been some evidence. My father says, no, I can't believe that. I see who his children are. His children are Tamir Chachamim, they're Balei an indicator of what sort of parent they had. So that's always a covenant, what parents and children can do for parents. If a Ben is not that way, though, if a Ben doesn't go in the straight path, of course, today we have a lot of situations where we, we don't want to blame the children. But let's say when Roshon Street was writing, he was writing in a period where he knew Haskalo was taking root. And maybe that he has a little bit more than just the Maybe that was part of what he was trying to sort of indicate. That we know kids are starting to go off to derech. Think about the embarrassment your father will have. That, of course, will lead to a type of busha. We talked about the bizoyo. Remember we talked about last night, the subtle debate between the chazanish, the Aflor, and the other poskim and the simple shot of the Rashba and what Rabbi David Yosef says is the is probably true that you don't have to listen to your parent uh, if it doesn't really relate to him directly. But when we talked about embarrassing your father through the argument, that of course everybody admits is a terrible thing. And clearly, certain types of behavior, especially in a small town, things have changed, of course, since Roshama Gansfried's time. But especially if you imagine the small type of situation where, look what the son is doing, people will start talking about their parents in such a way. Hopefully, you know, Rosh Hashanah felt that could somehow be another little guilt trip, so to speak, to stop the child from embracing this Haskalah mentality. Then he goes, turns it the other way. And this is something which I think our generation needs to know. You really want to do something for your kids. Um, I remember there was a football player. I don't know if you remember them. 
I, I, don't, I know Dr. Kogan doesn't remember. Richard does. Remember there was a football player called Brian Cox. Remember he was a linebacker. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Brian Cox. I remember he was. Uh, he was traded from Miami to the Jets, and then when he was on the Jets, he was like saying, "Look, I do this for my family. You know what? I'm not a role model. I'm playing this for my family." And he would talk about it because there was a discussion that he was a dirty player. There was a discussion that he was uh, a dirty player on the field, which is not so difficult to comprehend in football. Um, and he was saying, look, I first and foremost have to be a human being for my kids. That means making the money for them. And that's where I am. And I was thinking about, okay, so okay, are you such a great model, Brian Cox, for your kids? In other words, you know, you're this rough, you know, gruff guy who, you know, plays dirty, <laughs> you know. Um, the truth is, is that if you are a good person, what happens is, your kids will respect you so much more. Your kids will pick up on that. They'll see what a parent is. Now, of course, in Brian Cox's situation, I'm sure he was very loving when he came home and what he did on the football field doesn't make a difference. But the point, though, is we have to realize that our public persona, what we do in general, our kids pick up on that. And your kids pick up all of the negative stuff that you do, or they're embarrassed by what you do, and there becomes like a, a, a discord between you. And we know, and we don't like mentioning this, but it's all in the Torah, especially at a young age. Children die because of the sins of their parents. The Torah writes that in the Seres HaDibras, if they are of a young age. Isn't it really the, the greatest cruelty? He's really causing his kids to die by, by, by acting like a Rosha. You know who really loves his children the most? It doesn't necessarily mean that from Rav Shomagan's read, you get the impression he doesn't have much to do with his kids, but he davens along from Esrei, and he gives a lot of stucco, and he's involved with many people, and he helps them. That's true. It may be it's the carpenters, the, the uh, shoemaker's children never have shoes, and sometimes the tzaddik's children are the ones who don't get the time with him that, that is needed. I can tell you, Chaim Kanievsky was very close to his children when he was growing up with them. He actually played with them and took them places. They tell over stories about how you used to put them on. And he's a little man, Chaim Kanievsky, but he used to put the kids on his shoulders and they talk about games they used to play. So Chaim is, uh, uh, was uh, definitely a person, and as was Rebetzin, we all know, was such a great tzaddikus, uh, that it isn't just he's a tzaddik. But I think Tzaddik also understands what their children need. If there are Tzaddikim that don't really ignore their kids and aren't really involved with them, again, I think there's something a little bit missing there. Achiev, to teach your children is so important, but also to be aware of their pain and, and hurt. And I can tell you again, you know, I've heard it from all the children of Chaim, what sort of really wonderful, happy, playful father they had. You have this impression that in B'nai Brak there, where Rav Chaim was, you know, it was all shabby and difficult, and it was like, no, they actually, they enjoyed their father's presence. They knew what kind of great man he was, 
but he also, and there are videos of him laughing, and you can see that he is a, he is a man of humor and a man of, and again, if those of you that have had the schools to meet him, I think Moshe, you, you went into Rechaim Kanievsky, right, Moshe? You, you've been by him, haven't you? Or Have you gone to him? I have gone to him, and he, I asked him for bracha for my mother-in-law, and he touched my face and goes to me, Zakan, Zakan. <laughs> Isn't he a nice man? I'm saying Rafkayim Kanievsky is really a nice person. I just he saw a picture. Incredible, of, incredible. I, I'm saying people have this idea that, you know, these these strict B'nai Brak, uh, you know, that they are so, that they're so insane. You, you go to these people, you really see humanity and love um, coming out from them. You know, I, I didn't read the whole article, but I bought the Mishpacha magazine last week, and I saw one of they have a picture of, you know, Nisim Black. You know who he is, of course, right? So he is a, an African-American mamish who converted to uh, Yiddishkeit, to Chassidish Yiddishkeit, and he's a singer. And you, there's a picture, you know, he just re- recovered from COVID, he and his wife. And you can see him, he goes into Rechaim Kanievsky, and Rechaim Kanievsky is Makabalim, and so you can see him talking with him, and Rechaim Kanievsky is giving him chizuk. Um, and I was by Rechaim Kanievsky, and I saw the soldiers that were coming in to get brachas from him. So like I say, the tzaddikim, the real ones that are like a living tzaddik, a living sacred Torah, they understand how to deal not only with the people who come into them, but also their family around them. And uh, that, again, is the great schools. Let's go on to finish off this uh, subject of speaking about, uh, uh, you know, the difficulty and the pitfalls of the mitzvah of Kibbutz. Uh We have here Penine Halacha, which I, I'm, I'm forgetting uh, who the author is, uh, but he writes here, Le'itim bali tshuva, uh, Dr. Kogan, we spoke about this yesterday in terms of um, how, you know, the differences between parents and, and, or maybe it was the day before, and children. So some people think, well, my parents are chilonim, I have to respect them. If you see the person is a decent human being, the reason is, is there's a machlokas, the tour and the Rambam. Whether if your father is a Rosha, do you have to be Makayim Kibirav Eim or not? So the Penini Alocha, I forgot who the author is, is saying that here, even the opinion that holds that if your father's a Rosha, you don't have to be Makayim Kibirav, you can't call a person who's not religious today a Rosha. Because clearly we know right? because of what Roshoma Gansri wasn't able to stop. <laughs> Remember, we started today with Roshoma Gansri trying to pull, no, no, don't go off the derach, but it happened anyway, right? So many, 70%, whatever it was, 75%, 80%. I'm not sure what the number is. In the United States, it was very high. But they don't do it lahachis. So therefore, a Balchuva, of course, has to be Machabed, his parents. And you can't say, oh, my parents are Rishoyim. You can't say that. Now, a lot of times they don't understand the derech of, of what from people are about. 
and therefore they they react very strongly. I remember, um, you know, my my in-laws were Balichuva in a way. You know, they were always sort of like uh, traditional. They kept kosher and everything. My father-in-law was raised in a, a house that kept kosher, but it was in uh, Winnipeg, Canada. You can imagine. And I remember, um, you know, they moved from Winnipeg. My my mother-in-law is from England. Uh, he met her in the war. My father-in-law, Vasholem, was a soldier in the Canadian Army in the war. Um, you know, and and my and my mother-in-law was from England, which of course was being battered by the war. And the Canadians joined the war first before the Americans. The Americans had to wait for Pearl Harbor to be bombed uh, to decide they weren't going to be neutral. And of course, Canada joined England. So my father-in-law uh, met my mother-in-law there in in in, Eng- in England, and he, they got married. They had a romance. They got married, and he brought her over um, to Canada. They spent a little time in Winnipeg, but then they moved on uh, to Vancouver, which is where my wife and her brothers are born. Um, my point is, is that when we first got married, I remember it was about a year or two after, maybe after we got married. And uh, when I got to the house, um, there was an Arab Shabbos where they didn't unscrew the light bulb in the refrigerator. And the light bulb, I I opened up the refrigerator on Friday night or whatever it was on Friday. Uh Uh-oh, the light's on. So now there was a problem. I remember my father-in-law couldn't believe like I was so worried about this and then I went they lived in an apartment house and I went looking for someone because I felt we could maybe still get somebody to come in and explain to them to unscrew the bulb okay obviously he's not a Russia he was a very very good person but this type of way you think they, they know these halachas he looked at me like I was crazy what's going on with this guy <laughs> he, he, he's calling someone from another apartment to come to the house and unscrew the light bulb it sounds like the strangest thing in the world, right? Like he was so embarrassed. He was embarrassed that I'm knocking at the door and saying, hello, could you come over and unscrew my light bulb for my refrigerator, right? Think about it. From his perspective, I was nuts. So again, it's obviously that there's a lot, there's a lack of knowledge and a lack of understanding. And we have to really be down the cups as much as possible and realize that even people that look at us that were, were nuts. And my father-in-law did not scream at me at all, but I could tell he was not happy that I was going around trying to find someone. But that's really the type of understanding you need to have. Okay. Um, what about the fact um, when parents are actually physically serving their children? Let's take a look at a story that where it's relevant. We actually, she came and said, I've got a problem. It's Rabbi Shmuel's mother. Amra, she said, You guys got to take Yishmol up on the carpet. Wow. Their faces were red and heated. What? Rabbi Shmuel is not doing kibbutz. Armin Epsher, less Rabbi Shmuel, no, you bechleid avoisal. It's Rabbi Shmuel we're talking about. Omer lamalavilach, tell us what is he doing? Omer kanovik mi beis vado. When I come out, when he comes out of the yeshiva, ana boy mishazger reglayu. What do I want to do? I want to wash his feet 
and then after the water goes on his toes, umishti behem. Then I want to drink that water because to me that water is so chashov because it's the water that I use to wash the feet of the great Talmud my son, he's not letting me. So they went to Rabbi Shmuel and they said, that's what she wants. You should allow it to happen. That's the Yerushalmi. Let's look at the same story, similar story in the Bavli. And the Bavli says, Amr Rabbi Yaakov Baravu Abaya. They're going, Anna. My father, as I was coming back from the yeshiva, Abba, Madri Kosa. When I come home, my father uh, uh, brings the cup for me. Like he, he goes down to the barrel and he sticks the ladle in, because everybody has to drink wine, even kids coming home from yeshiva, right? Uh, the father, uh, my father digs in, uh, and then my mother puts the water in and mixes it. What should I do? I don't want my parents serving me. So what did Abayah say? Why? Because, right? The kivan the Bartorohu, Hoshadaite. Your father is Avua. He's also a Talmud Chacham. In other words, so if your father is right if your father is a Talmud Chacham then you shouldn't like Abayah said because that's even though he wants to and that's the way it's paskind in Shulchan Aruch look in Shulchan Aruch it says the father wants to be your servant and, and feed you and say sit down I want to act like I'm your butler Unless the father is a ben Torah. So, that would mean, now, does that mean he's a bigger ben Torah than you? I don't know. Bar Torah doesn't say he's a Rav. He's also learned. Maybe Yaakov Baravua, Yaakov himself was a bigger Talmud Chacham. It's possible. But he says, if your father is the Madrega of Talmud Chacham, then you should have We've been quoting a lot lately. Questions. Yes, Sheila? Sorry, I didn't interrupt. It, it, what if the child's like ill and the father wants to give them something, you know? Oh, that's for the, I, don't, I don't think that's what we're talking about. That would be, of course. Here, the point is the father, the child is capable of doing it all. But the father, just like the, uh-huh. just like the mother of Yishmael, the father is sort of treating his son with such respect and love. He's so happy. He, he, he's getting a high out of it. Um, so. Right. Let's see what Miss Karel says. He So then you could say, if he's preparing the food, and so you say, oh, come on, he's going to feel like he's not, he's going to feel like a butler. But let's say the father does it. The father cooks. Father's at home. And the stuff is ready in the fridge, but the father made it. There's no Felicia Sadas there. In other words, he can't act like the butler. But if the fact is, you know, the father says, okay, your supper's in the fridge, right? But the father doesn't actually wait on him hand and foot. So then 
Abaya's psach doesn't apply. Um, also, it's only in Israel, and this is, goes to Sheila's point, that's where the son is capable of doing on his own. The son himself, everybody can take, go to the barrel, wine barrel, and pour water in it. But let's say you can't do it. Uh, the father happens to have the wherewithal. You can imagine a house, a yeshivish house. Father's a kailu guy. The son is, uh, right? And the son wants to, 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 to make the food. But the son doesn't know how to turn on the oven, right? The son somehow doesn't know how to crack an egg, right? The son doesn't know how to caramelize the onion. And the father's a tamakalkan, but he knows. He's a, he spent time, his mother taught him how to do it. And they're like, look, son, look, I'll caramelize these onions for you. Okay, look, so here's what you do. You cut this here, and then he starts cutting them. He puts them in there. So then, Rav Karelitz says, look, the son can't do it. In other words, an evid is the pshat. I'm capable of doing it, but I only let my servant take care of me. But here, if the son isn't capable for whatever reason, for sure, if the son is sick, she will. But even if the son is capable, is incapable for some other reason. So, for example, let's say, and this comes up a lot, I, <laughs> I do it for my kids because they're not home. I buy a, a Dalad Minim for my son. And uh, let's say then I know he's coming to the house to pick it up right before uh, Shabbos or right before Yontif. So I'll, I will, uh, for years, I don't think my son has ever made, put his lulav finestric together. I've, I've been responsible for, for buying my son's lulav, and I will put the lulav finestric together. But isn't that a mitzvah rather than a, a service? You're enabling a fellow Jew to do it. He can a- do it. <laughs> he can, so yeah, he mitzvah- can do it, but... But could you, wouldn't that be applicable to anyone, even not your son, if you're helping them do a mitzvah, that's a mitzvah. Yeah, true, true. But here there's a little bit of a difference, Sheila, because the relationship needs to be a little bit different. In other words, uh-huh. let's, say, let's say I bought the Ruven Esrin for Dr. Kogan and uh, he asked me to pick it out. So I wanted to go the extra mile from him and I'll say, okay, you know what? He comes to my house to pick a Ruven Esrin and look, I've already put, I put it together for him. That's a, that's a taiva. But it's another thing when the relationship is supposed to be where he's looking at me like a melech, right? Remember from the Haredim yesterday, two days ago? He has to look at me like I, I'm someone special. I'm a sar. I'm someone of, of great import. Right. And all of a sudden he comes to the house and, I, and I'm doing stuff for him. So that's what Rav Karel, now you could argue with this psaq. It's, uh, again, it was a chiddish to me. This is the reason why we learn. You know, all of us say, I know Kibbutz hey, did you guys know all these differences? Did you know all these little details that, that there's this discussion about? Those are things that, that we didn't necessarily think about. I'm Look, it was news to me too. I wouldn't have thought that it's considered like a, a, I'm your servant. But Rav Karelet says, If the son can't do it, then he can take it from his father. But I don't know if my son Chaim knows how to put the Ruv and Esri together. I think he does. But, uh, you know, maybe he hasn't done it, so he doesn't know yet. His son needs a haircut during COVID. Dr. Kogan, you told me you gave your kids haircuts, right? Yes. 
You can give your kids haircuts if they can't they give themselves. Obviously, they can't give themselves their own haircuts. Maybe come can give me a haircut because I know I don't. <laughs> it's not as bad as it was, right, guys? But it's still starting to look a little bit. I look like a, a, a hippie from um, who, who should have left the commune a long time ago. I know. <laughs> um, Let's take another thing. Let's say the father knows how to do protectia. <laughs> the father knows how to make that call. Uh, or he can do stuff that someone else can't do. So if the father can do stuff better than anyone else. So in other words, Rav Karelit says the Gemara of Bai is talking about something anybody can do. Then it looks like you could do it perfectly. Your father needs to do your work for you. What are you, a baby? Be your own person. Your father's not your servant. Your father's not your slave. Your father doesn't have to. So, and and the father shouldn't really do it either unless, right? Now. Um, that's when your father wants to do it. The Gemara now says, um, Another case. The Gemara says that um, Hanu betray dahavi koshosu chamre tute tzipi bevovel. There was uh, two people. They were sitting and drinking wine underneath a, a willow tree in bevovel. Shakol chad minayu kasa the chamre. One of them took. The, a cup of wine. He gave it to his friend. Okay. Omar, he said, So take this cup. You've got an underage daughter. I am going to sort of be my, the agent of my son. Take this cup of wine and let this wine be Kedushin for your daughter to my son. Omar Ravina. Even if you want to say that when a girl goes out and gets a present, the father would have been happy, that you say. But Shemin Ben, Lo Amrina. How do you know what the son wants? The son, the father, obviously, if the, the father can't make Kedushin for, for, for a minor, the only thing you're allowed to do is make Kedushin for a minor daughter. Not for a minor son. Okay? A son who is less than 13 cannot do Kedushin. He might be able to do Yibum, but he cannot do Kedushin. For Kedushin, he has to be a Balkinian. He has to be a Baldas and a Balkinian. Uh, Yibum is a little bit different because it doesn't need Das. Umar says, Yibum. What's she want? How about Halitza? Can you under 13 do Halitza? Halitza, we have a Xeris you got to be, because it says, Vacholitz Ishnoloi. So she, yeah. the man has to be 13 and she has to be 13. But when it comes to Yibum, you know, the Gemara has this graphic case that uh, the, kid, the guy falls out the window, right? And it happens. So the Gemara, because Yibum doesn't need Das. But Kedusha needs Das. So, um, the uh, how can you make kedushin for your son? As Rashi says, 
How do you know? Maybe the reason he's giving him this cup of wine is because the father is a shliach to find a wife. Sigmar says, nah, you don't have to think that. Nobody would ever do that. Nobody would ever have such a chutzpah to make your father your shliach. This is maybe Maybe the, the son was saying, um, I really would like, uh, uh, you know, Jack Gold's daughter. You know, I know you're going on a little trip with him and you're going to be drinking some wine. She's such a great girl. I really would like to get married to her. Of course, she's underage, but whatever. But that's what it was. So if the, if the son sort of gave the hint to his father that that would be someone he'd like to marry, so maybe there, even though the, the son wouldn't ask the father outright, he might hint to him that this is what he'd want. So you see from the Gemara, oh, nobody would ever ask your father to do such a thing for you, to do a job like that for you. That's the Gemara in Kedush and Daf Memches. The Ben Ishchai writes, now this is a sefer called Torah Lishma. Uh, it's the Tshuvas of the Ben Ishchai, and they aren't, there aren't any names in it. It's one of these Svarim that's a beautiful little sefer. I don't know if, uh, Moshe, you might be, have a copy. It's a very beautiful sefer to learn. You can get like a little question and a nice answer. Maybe one day we'll start learning Tshuvas Torah Lishma. But it's like, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful way to get interesting halacha, and you can see the way the Ben Ishchai thought. It doesn't have his name in it, but there are hints from the way the Sefer was printed that it was indeed written by the great Rabbi Yosef Chaim of Baghdad. So the question was, if the son um, um, the son needs somebody to act as his agent to purchase some property in another city. Could you ask your father who lives in that city or send him a letter, please be my agent and purchase that property for me? Now, I have to tell you, I mentioned my family last night. My son has asked me to be his shliach on a number of things, and I've gladly done it. Um, the question here is, um, and maybe I could do it and nobody else can. And that was the case we've been talking about. But is it right for the son to ask? Is it a chutzpah to ask your parent to do something for you? Is, would this be akin to asking a, a coin to do something for right. you? Right, Exactly. Your relationship needs to be, you. he's going to be your shliach, right? Mm-hmm. So the Ben Ishchai says, Kol shaben mash or That's like, And even what you were saying, Sheila, even if it's Ladvar Mitzvah, like the case of Kedushin, you wouldn't ask, it's not, it, 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 it's not Derech Eretz to... Ask your father to be your shliach to do a certain mitzvah for you. But can the father volunteer? So this is what we saw before. If the father can do it better than anyone else, right, then the son should allow the father to be the volunteer. Well, Rav, you have married kids and I have one and 
if, even after they get married, you still do stuff for them. I hundred percent, so, right? I, I, I'm not saying Moshe. This is a surprise to me too, right? Right? We go, we make, we do, we do purchases, we do stuff for them, and right, and then we act on their behalf. And the asking never stops. <laughs> Even after Mechila. That's what the Chocham writes. Yeah. Now I know Homera makes good stuff, right? And I'm sure uh, Shaili and, and, and the other kids, they want her to make something special. Right? No. My, my she takes son. request every uh, Friday. She takes request for Shabbat. Yes, and my right. What do you and what do you think? Chaim, Chaim comes to my house. My, my, we give him a big pickle. We give him a whole basket, a whole box of stuff. Right? Is there, is there a differentiation between public acts and private acts? I mean, if you do that privately, you're not in any way impinging on the honor of the Torah, the honor of Torah learner. But if you do it publicly, it's a different story. I don't think so, Richard. I think because these cases where the case it starts from, which is the Gemara in uh, Kedushin about Abaya, nobody was watching, you know, uh, him, uh, you know, stir the cup of wine. That's this Gemara, right? When I come home, I'm coming home. It's only the father and mother. And the father is, uh, right, the father's doing some stuff for him. The mother's doing stuff for him. And he says that, um, you shouldn't be macabre from your father, especially since he's a, 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 a Ben Torah. Um, so that sounds like even if it's private, and this Gemara says it's a chutzpah to ask, even in a private way, you would never ask. It's a chutzpah. If the Gemara calls it chutzpah, maybe we should consider it chutzpah. Now, here's an interesting question. Maybe it's not chutzpah anymore. No, it's interesting the Ben Ishchai or the Chocham Avadia don't work that way. That's what I would have said. I understand the Gemara and Kedushin perfectly. In those days, there was such a sense of respect between father and son and parent. The idea was ridiculous to think. It would be the, it would be the strange child that would ask the father, hey, can you go make the Kedushin for me or do this thing for me or buy this land for me or be my agent? It's enough that the father's spending the money and, 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 and getting involved and making the, 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 the chuppah and everything. But to actually do uh, that stuff, you wouldn't expect that. It could be things have changed today. And once it's not a chutzpah anymore, it's not a lack of kavod. Still, um, there is, let's take a look. El Let's say the son is so hungry and he can't get it by himself. And you know that your parents will be happy, so then if you really need it, it's okay. So he's not so happy with, with kids, right? Let's see a little bit from Ramnison Karelitz. He says, um, if it's a situation where you hint to your parent, <laughs> My kids know how to hint. Are you busy today? <laughs> what are you doing today? Hi, Dad. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, really. Right? 
Um, if they don't ask you, he says, Rav Karelitz, if they don't ask you directly, they don't say, oh, I need you to go to one stop for me and pick up my order. They just say, um, the, uh, you know, uh, I, I wish I could find somebody to pick my stuff up. And the father, that's not a Talmachacham, says, I'll do it. If it's not a Talmachacham, it's Mutter. And Derek Remes. So if, if the, again, if the son, according to Rev Karelitz, the son can't ask openly and directly, and the father needs to want to do it on his own. But it's only if the father is not a Talmud Chacham. So what's a Talmud Chacham? A Ben Torah is what we saw, a Bar Torah. Right. Okay, so that is the bar lower than, you know, anyone who knows Torah, anyone who learns, does a You're asking the wrong, you know, I always get in trouble. I always get in trouble when people ask me this. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, 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 I'm going to answer the question. Okay. Not everybody who's a fine Jew learns Dafyomi and, you know. Right. And, and, and that doesn't make the person a Talmud Chacham, right? Right. Okay. Shiva, you grew up at the knees of a Talmud Chacham. You know what a Talmud Chacham is, right? Friedlander, you know what a Talmud Chacham is, all right? Now, there are other people, maybe not on the level of your father, Lashon, who also qualify. And sometimes, I know you want to be nice and assume everybody's a Talmud Chacham, a child should know whether his parent is a Talmud Chacham or not uh, in that way. And hopefully, you know, the child can figure that out. So um, this would not apply to a mother at all. Right? <laughs> right. In terms of if they want to do it. In other words, right. if the mother right. wants, that's the Gemara, if the mother wants to do it, then that's her so you can accept it. But mm-hmm. the father, you should not allow your father as a Talmud Chacham to do it unless he wants, to, again... <laughs> What if your mother's a Tomahawk, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, some great, uh, you know, so they can so does. All right, you're going to have to ask Aaron about that, your son. No, well, uh, he doesn't have that problem. <laughs> okay, let's take a look here. Mutter leben levakish me oviv atamad chocham. However, shiyavarlo shiduchim kiyotzebazet. Why? In other words, Dad, my, my daughter Bachi, there was... You know, she's going out, and uh, there was a certain boy that was suggested, Yeshiva Shaboy, uh, Sfardi, by the way. So, um, so she said, Dad, this one. For her. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, uh, um, for this one, you go find out. So I made some calls. So many times a child knows that if the father doesn't do it, he's going to say, well, you went out, you didn't talk to me about it. I'm the guy that knows this rabbi. I know this Rosh Hashiva. I was Chavrusas with him um, or whatever. So if you, the son is allowed to ask the father to be Mavar Shaduchim, because if you're going to ask from someone else, the father says, well, you didn't come ask me. You don't trust me to find stuff out. So there... The father will actually be insulted you didn't ask him. Here's another example. Let's say your father and mother are going to Bingo. That's the big supermarket in Lakewood and in, in, in Borough Park. Liknos Eilidvar. Uh, the son can't say, 
It could, this whole shear might be usher to be Megala to your children. <laughs> this, this whole this whole shear might might be usher for them to listen to. But anyway, your kids are go. You're you're going to bingo, and you, your son calls up and says, "Oh, you're going to bingo? Can you pick me this up and this?" That's a shulcho. And that would be usher, even if it's not a Talmachacham, like the Gemara. That's a chutzpah to ask your father to, to make you a shliach. Or to ask your mother. Unless the son can't do it. So I'll don my, my own son, Lekavschus. He has five kids. Can't always get away. Right? He can't always get to, to the store. So it could be there. We could be moderate. Uh, again, if you say Derech Remez, um, you know what? I really love those uh, tissues that they have, those Shabbos tissues that they sell in bingo. There's a lot that come in a box and you never they never tear. There's never a problem of machateach. Um, and the father says, okay, I'm going anyway. So, mutter. But, uh, if, the, if, if, if the son says, Dad, can you pick it up for me? Dad, when you're over there at, at, at Bingo, bring me some of those tissues. Or, you know, you're going you're gonna to be near Mendelssohn's Pizza? Can you stop over there? Because, you know, the kids really love pizza. They really love Mendelssohn's. So should, should the father in L'Chadchila offer right away so that he avoids giving that Avera to his children? If the father, okay. Offers. If the father wants to do it, yeah, and offers. The father offers and wants to do it, so... Well, you need something. I'm going there. You know, that kind of... Yeah. Um, you're not really asking, and the father, it would sound like, especially if the father... Again, it seems from here that... Um, the father really doesn't want to? It seems like here in the case of the Kovod, in this case... Yeah. Uh, in the case of the covered before, um, the father shouldn't do it if he's a Talmud Chacham. Um, and a, a, a son would never have the chutzpah to make his son a shliach, but if he's not a ben Torah and they want to do it, that's all right. It, it sounds from Yoridea that if the father is a Talmud Chacham, um, what if the son's the Tamachachim? That's fine. So the and remember, father... and remember what it is, is that, um, again, I'm not sure because I guess the, we talked about the, nobody sees him serving his son. I guess, and the son's not going, I think that would be all right. So you're right, Sheila, you're very perceptive in this, in this area. If you know that your son is going to ask you, instead of telling him, I'm going to bingo, don't let him say, Dad, pick me that stuff up. <laughs> Tell him, what can I pick up for you, assuming that it's impossible for him to go. Right. And that, um, right. although some say, if you're Tamachacham, it's a little bit difficult. So anyway. if, the, if the son's a Tamachacham, can the parents still ask them for things, them to do things because of Kibbutz or not? That gets into another discussion. Oh, okay. Sorry. We'll talk about that, where the son has, like, outdone the father. 
and, 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 and the answer, the, the quick answer to that is yes. Yes, you can still ask your son to come bake and, and help you and do stuff for you. Uh-huh. Okay? But anyway, the point is, is that That's what Karevit says. It's a sign of chutzpah and zilzul. So you should say, Dad, no. You know what? In fact, right now. Is this the sign that they say before Mashiach comes will be more chutzpah? <laughs> That's normal. good. Mean. All I can tell you is that that according to this, it's awesome. Um, and even if they're not taught me to chachamim, uh, if you can do the thing yourself, you can't say, "Oh, I'm so tired. Close the light in my room." Mom, can you bring me? Can you bring me the the gemara that was on the table? I'm just lying down here, so comfortable. Can you bring me my gemara? Can't do that. Um, in fact, Rav Karelitz says, you're sitting at the table. Um, you can't say pass. In other words, can you get? Can you bring me the salt over there? Oh boy, what this is like to, so. Yeah. <laughs> what you need to say is, is there salt? <laughs> and now, since you hint to them about the salt, so now they want to give the salt. So now they can take it. Now, even if you don't say give me the salt, you just oh. say. Um, even if you say, um, you know, uh, I really, <laughs> you make it seem like um, that, that you want them to do it. So you shouldn't really do it in that way either. So this really, you know, you're going to say, this is crazy. This is crazy. No, this is hard. I mean, I think of all the things I've been over, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Right. Um, for example, he says, um, would I be able to get salt? <laughs> but I'd be able to get salt. So that's like asking someone to pass the salt. So anyway, what do we, let, let, let's give a summary here. Basically what we see here is you're right. This is a complicated thing and knowing how to do it properly. And maybe a lot as Richard, we were, I, I answered you before, a lot of the respect has sort of withered away so much that it's very difficult to be aware I think in the Victorian age, this would have been a lot easier. But Rav Nissen Karelitz is writing today for B'nai Brach. Wow. We did used to have a much more formal relationship with people. And and with parents especially. All right. Next time we'll talk about other relatives on Fine Tune Aloha. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.